this word that's like a mirror. And when you look into it, you can see all your imperfections. And when you see all your imperfections, and you realize that it's the grace of God. It's only the grace of God that we're saved. It's only by His grace. It's only by His grace. And God, we just invite you now into this part. And God, when we just humble ourselves before you. And God, we say less of us and more of you. More of you, oh Lord. More of you, oh God. More of you, oh Lord. More, more, more of you. Less of us, more of you. That's what our problem is, is Lord, Lord, we need more of you and less of us, less of what we want, less of what we think, and more, more, more of you, oh God. Oh, Master, we pray. Your people, Lord, are hungry. The world is hungry for the truth, oh God. The world is hungry for something, a word that would change the direction in the life. And Lord, they're not my words and they're not others words but Lord it's your word it's your word that is true every man is a liar and God is the truth and Lord we know your truth because when we hear the truth we know it we that are yours we know the truth when we hear it Father because a stranger we won't follow you are the good shepherd and we ask you, Lord, have your way today. Use this word, God. Use this word to untangle us, oh God. God, to move away, God, every false doctrine and every false precept and every wrongful thing, oh God, every wayward way of thinking, oh God. And let us see you, oh God, who you are. Manifest yourself, oh Lord. Through your word today, O oh God. We pray, Master, in the name, above all names, in the name of Jesus. I want to speak to you today from John chapter 3. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus. This is chapter 3, verse 1. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. And Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. 
Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and of spirit. Nicodemus come in the night time. He, he came in secret. And he found Jesus and he he was inquiring about Jesus. He said, we know that you're a teacher. We know that you come from God because no one else could do the things that you do. But that's all that we know. That's all we know is that you are just a good teacher and that, and that, and that you come from God. But we don't know anything else. And Jesus began to tell him something that was very, very confusing. Even to the Jewish leader, even to a Sahedrin. Someone in the high council of God. Someone in a high position was confused at Jesus' teaching. Whenever Jesus said, you must be born again. We think of in so many doctrines. We think, well, I've confessed Jesus. I believe Jesus. I believe it in my heart. I've confessed all my wrongs. I've renounced all the evil that I've done. I've, I've laid myself down and asked for forgiveness. What else lack I? But Jesus said, unless you be born again. I'm not talking about going to the water and washing like some ceremonies are. I'm not talking about going and swimming. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being baptized. But not just being baptized. Being born again. And when I say that, we take that so lightly because they say, well, when you're born again, well, now you've joined the church. Some people say, well, that's not necessary. That's just an act of faith. But when I read here, it said, you won't even see the kingdom of God unless you are born again. And you won't enter into the kingdom of God unless you are born again. And I begin to ask God, what does that mean? What does that mean? Is it more than repentance? What are you trying to tell the church? What are you trying to tell the people? We repent, is that enough? What is you trying to tell the people? And Jesus began to show me what being born again looks like. 
he began to show me that this is born again to that murderer to that thief to that one who messed their life up to that adulterer to that fornicator how do they be born again and God spoke and said when you're laying your life down it looks like this God I've messed up so much if I could only have a second chance I'm not worthy of you I've repented but I still don't feel worthy I still don't feel accepted. My guilt has me. And then I begin to understand John the Baptist. The message that he began to preach. He said, repent. Come and be saved. Repent and be baptized. Repent. And I imagine they were saying, I can have a second chance. The life that I lived before, I don't have to live that life anymore. Is it possible that all the wrong that I've done, I can start over? I can start over from this. I can get up. I can move forward from this. And, I, and, it, and, and it can be just washed away. Is it possible? Jesus said, that's what it's going to take. It's going to take more than you just saying, Lord, forgive me. But it's going to take you saying, this life I have now, I lay it down to follow Christ. I lay this life down that I can live for Him. I lay this life down so I can have what God has for me. The life that I lived before, I lay it down. That's when they take you and say, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And as they put you down in the water and they bring you up, the Bible says all things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. All things have passed away. All things have passed away. All things have passed away. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. I begin to understand more of the depth of being baptized. Jesus said, Verily, truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and of spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to the spirit. You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. And you hear the sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from. God begins to tell us how do we understand spiritual things? Do you know that the wind blows and you can see the trees moving, that should tell you that there are invisible things in this world. 
There's things that you cannot see. But that doesn't mean it's not real. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean that it's not real. And people take baptism so lightly. That's why God had me to speak this today. I could have come with so many other messages. But this one part of the Bible has been misinterpreted by so many. This part of the Bible has been so misunderstood. Because we don't see it as natural to be born again. But the things that we do in the Spirit is operated in the Spirit. The things that you do in the Spirit, you do in a natural way, but the manifestation is spiritual. One example is communion. We have communion. They take and they pour the wine. Most churches give grape juice. And a little cracker. The little cracker is just a cracker. But we take that and in our heart it symbolizes the blood of Jesus. And the bread symbolizes his broken body. But when we do it in a natural, God responds to us in a spiritual. The things that are in life, you have to operate in a natural way symbolically to receive a spiritual manifestation. Jesus took the blind man and he spit on the ground and he took the spittle and the mud and placed it on his eyes. Now the man had never saw before. And you say he just spit on the ground and made mud. That's all he'd done. But in the natural, that's all you saw. But in the spiritual, Jesus created eyes for that man. In the spiritual, he created sight for that man. We think that it's normal, some things that we do. But some things that we do are prophetically. Some things that you say are prophetically and you don't even know it. Some things you speak upon yourself is prophetically and you don't even know it. You say it unaware. But I'm not talking about speaking things unaware. I'm talking about speaking things with a purpose. I'm talking about doing things with a purpose. Just like this, you may see me like this. I might be just walking, and they say, this guy's just walking. But in myself, I say, I'm walking with Jesus. You may can't see that I'm walking with Jesus, that Jesus is right here. You can't see him, but I'm telling you, he's right here. But you can't see. But I know he's here. I know he's with me.
because the things that we do are spiritual. And the things that we do, we have to do it with the mindset that we're doing it for God. That everything we're doing is for God. If we don't have the mindset, then everything we're doing is natural. It's more than just being symbolic. It's being spiritual. Praise the Lord. But Jesus made it clear that flesh gives birth to flesh and spirit gives birth to spirit. So God is calling water spirit. God is calling when you're submerged into the water spirit. As you have been brought into the water, you have been brought into the womb of God. You have been brought into God's womb. And then you are birthed out into a new life. You don't see a manifestation immediately. But the manifestation happens over time. A child doesn't just come out and start walking and say, Mom, I'm hungry. Let me get something to eat. No, that baby has to crawl. It has to sit up first. At first his head's like a bobble. And then his head gets stronger. And the posture gets stronger. Then it starts crawling and talking. And then begins walking. And then it begins maturing. Then it begins growing. It begins to be in an old age. And that's how it is in our spiritual life. Give yourself time to be born again. But when you come up, say, I'm not going to live that life anymore. I'm talking to a new convert. I'm talking to someone who may have just got saved or, or wants to know how to go further in the Lord. I'm telling you, it's important for you to be baptized. It's important because it's a spiritual birth. And when you're born into the Spirit, then you can begin to see the things in the Spirit. And you begin to understand the things in the Spirit. But I want to tell you that and then go on to this. Verse 11. Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify of what we have seen. But still, you people do not accept our testimonies. What he's talking about here, he's talking about John the Baptist and he's talking about himself. See, the Pharisees couldn't understand because they were so concerned about keeping the law and the rituals. But if you would go to somebody who was in sin and tell them, you don't have to live this way anymore. You can have a new life. That's right. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Mm, the things you've done before, it's over. Now live a new life. I'm telling you this. For the simple fact that you have to realize that you're a sinner. If you never realize that you're a sinner and that you don't and that you need a savior, you'll never receive him. You'll never have him. 
2 Corinthians verse 5. Verse, chapter 5, verse 17. It says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Verse 14, John 3 and 14. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in Him. We know the story. The serpents came and they bit the children of Israel. And Moses took a snake and put it on a pole and whoever looked upon it was healed. And Jesus was showing that even then I was showing mercy. Even then before it had happened, before this has happened, I'm symbolically, spiritually showing you what I'm going to do for you. When you begin to look at the things that happen in the law of Moses or in, the, in those days, everything that you read then, you can understand that what they were doing was spiritual. But they were doing it spiritually in the flesh. The ceremonies that they had, the feast that they had, everything was spiritual. Everything was in symbolic to Jesus' coming. But I want to read this. And so many people know this scripture. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. I want to read this. Romans 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Have you, have you noticed... With John 3.16, we have recited it so much and memorized it that it doesn't even really have a big effect on us. The reason it doesn't have a big effect on us is because we're used to that mentality that He loved the world so much. But in my studies, what I begin to understand I, I was thinking in a way that Jesus had come to the world, Almighty God come to the world to set up a kingdom and, you know, then he died, then was going to heaven and one day he was going to come back again. You know, just like he come like a hero or come for us to, to look and, and, and say, well, he done something special for us. When I begin to study that, and I've always thought that kind of way like everybody else. 
So God loved the world so much he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And then I begin to ask the question. A lot of people died on the cross. A lot of people was crucified. How did this make any difference? How was it any different that Jesus or somebody else died on the cross and we just said well he died for us how was it any different I began to study the Bible and I began to ask the question and begin to seek God and ask God and say Lord help me to understand why Jesus really come to the earth what was the purpose because we don't give him much credit at all. What is the purpose? How come when we say Jesus, nobody really even, you know, they just ignore it or whatever. What is, why did he really come? We take it that he just come and saved us. But God is saying, Jesus come to the earth because of a judgment that were on us. Jesus come to the earth because there was an unfair verdict on us. Every one of us is condemned to death because of Adam and Eve in the garden. We were all condemned. We were all under condemnation. There was no hope for us. All of us were on our way to hell. We just think that he just come. No. Jesus said, Father, this, this whole thing is messed up. This whole thing that you're doing is just, I don't understand. I don't, I don't understand. I mean, everything, Adam and Eve, you had a, you wanted a family. I don't understand. And they fell in the, in the, in the garden. I, I just, and God said, the wages of sin is death. I have my law here. And it cannot be broken. Because if it's broken, that makes me a liar. And I'm not a liar. Even if I told a lie, it would be the truth because it would come to pass. Jesus come to the earth. He come to the earth that we might be saved. Now imagine everybody being condemned. This was in Jesus' mindset. Everybody was condemned to death. Everybody was sentenced to death. And Jesus says, Come, I give you life. 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 The scriptures that he says makes more sense when you realize that you were condemned to death. It makes more sense whenever you been, begin to realize you are guilty. And Jesus come to give you life. 
He said, brother, how can you say that? Because of the next verse. It says, he did not come to the earth to condemn you. But that through him you might be saved. He didn't come to the earth to condemn you. He come to change a verdict that was spoke over you. He come that if you would believe in him, he would give you life and change the verdict that is over your life. And that verdict is death. That verdict over you who is a sinner is the wrath of God. That verdict over you is a life eternal without God. How can you say that, brother? Whenever Jesus, whenever God went and breathed unto Adam, Adam became a living soul. I'm sorry to tell you, but a soul cannot die. And if a soul cannot die, and you want to be absent from God, there's nowhere else for you to go except to the trash. When my house gets full and I put it in the trash can, I just don't put it in the yard. I have nowhere to put it, but have to take it and dispose of it. And that's how it is in the end of time. You're already condemned. The wrath of God is already against you. And Jesus come to give you life. But he said this was the problem. Light come into the world. But men love darkness rather than light. And he said that those who don't believe in him is condemned already. So the problem is Jesus come to offer you a solution but yet you reject Him because you like the sin that you're in. He come to save you like a lifeguard who's in the water and He sees you drowning and you're going down and He's waiting for the third time for you to go down and He come to save you and you're saying no. No, I don't want any part of you. Then there's another scripture that says, we don't want him to rule over us. Can you imagine? There's in this world, there are people who do not want Jesus to rule over them. They do not want Jesus to be their ruler because they love their sin. They're committed to their sin and that's what they want. But every time I begin to read the Scripture now and begin to understand the Scripture now, it begins to come so much clear because He came that we may live. Praise the Lord. I have so many scriptures that I could refer to, but I feel like right now I just want to read the last scripture. John 3 and 35. 
It said the, the father loves the son and has placed everything in his hands. Whosoever believes in the son has eternal life. But whosoever rejects the son will not see life. For God's wrath remains on them. 